Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Let's go ahead and come on in and find our seats. Another good morning. Buenos dias. How's everybody doing today? I don't know if you're as excited as I am, but we're very, very extra excited to celebrate our eighth church birthday. We have uh, some special guests here today with us because of our big party. But if this is your first time at Encounter Church, you are extra, extra special guest, okay? So what we'd like you to do, if this is your first time here, you're going to find on the seat in front of you an orange card or a magnet. They're both the same thing, okay? And we would love if you would fill that out, that orange card, or just scan that barcode there. Fill it out and then meet us out in the lobby today after service at the orange table. Remember, take the orange card to the orange table. We have a little gift for you. I just want to thank you for being with us uh, this morning. Also, just want to point out very quickly, if you want to worship God with your tithes and offerings today, four ways to do so. Text, online, church center app, or of course we have a box there in the back if you'd like to give cash or check. Now, what's happening after service today? We are so excited to invite you to our um, anniversary party. So after service, you don't want to rush home. You want to linger because we have barbecue for everyone right outside here in front of the church. And the the bouncy houses are going to be for the kids so you can eat your barbecue. Only the kids? Like I can't go bounce? I don't know. We will have to... Check your weight and all of that. Okay. Uh, maybe you can. Maybe you, all depends how all depends how much barbecue you eat okay. after a service. <laughs> but anyway, stay. We want to get to know you. We have games. We have prizes. We have music. It's gonna be great. So I'm gonna ask you to stay with us. Talk to someone. Eat with someone. It's gonna be super fun. All right. Anybody ready for inspiration today? I don't know about you, but I came here, I want to hear from God. I want to be inspired to love him more, to serve him better. And I know that that's why you came here too. So, as we, just before we move on, I want to give you guys a scripture from 1 Timothy uh, 5.17. It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who preach and teach. And those who labor in preaching uh, and teaching, and uh, I just want to take a moment to uh, honor Pastor Joel and Amy Stockshill. They're here with us this morning, extra special guests. Many of you know them, have met them, and sort of know some of our story, but, you know, this verse says that, that those who do well, those that work well at preaching and teaching are worthy of double honor. One of the things that really means is that we ought to be extra generous financially to them, and honor them financially because of the work they do uh, for the kingdom and teaching us. I don't know about you, but I need some help sometimes. I need somebody to teach me. You need anybody to teach you? So today I want to really encourage all of us to be extra generous with our tithes and offerings because we want to be able to generously bless them because they're a blessing to us. But also I just want to really honor Pastor Joel and Amy. Very especially, you know, about 15 years ago, Liz and I, started being inspired by Pastor Joel. Uh, we were in youth ministry at the time, and we were looking for somewhere to go and get filled and, and to get vision and 
just to get fired up to reach uh, the generation God had placed us uh, in a ministry there in our church. And we found out about the 220 conference. We went over there, and it just messed us up, and it messed a bunch of young people up for Jesus forever. And some of those young people that were part of our youth group ended up becoming a part of this team that moved to Plant Encounter Church eight years ago. And so then when we moved here about eight years ago, um, I started to get to know Pastor Joel and Amy a little bit better through this thing called Youth Pastors University. And uh, they were really a big part of the beginnings of Encounter Church. Uh, you know, when, when we felt like, are we crazy for trying to plant a church from scratch with a bunch of young people? We had them cheering us on. And I'm just so thankful for that. And then over the past three years, uh, Pastor Joel and I have grown really close. And I can honestly say, you know, one thing I've learned over the years is that everybody needs a pastor, including pastors. Even we as pastors, we need somebody in our life that can pastor us, that can mentor us, that can watch out for us. And Pastor Joel really puts up with me. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate it even more. <laughs> he helps me. Uh, he helps keep me straight. Yes. And if I uh, ever need someone to tell me, hey, watch out with that, he has no problem telling me. I greatly appreciate that. And you guys maybe don't even know, but Encounter Church, you're blessed because of the relationship we have. And so today I want to honor Uh, pastor Joel, he is my pastor, and, um, and, and we just want to give our very biggest, best welcome. So why don't we stand up? Oh, you want to say something else? Yes, All right. I want to also honor um, Amy Stockstill because she is championing women in ministry. Yes. And that is a big deal, you guys. I don't know your background in church. I don't know how you grew up, but women have not given a place to, to preach the word of God. And I'm just so grateful for women like her that are brave enough to stand up, to push me and many other women to, to stand up in our calling and to declare what the Lord's done. And so I want to honor her for what she does for many women in this country and around the world. And I recently went to the Echo Weekend, and if you were here a couple of um, Sundays ago, you, you know that I preach um, shorter. And... <laughs> And, and, and thanks, that I, was, I was in the Echo Weekend and I was being trained to, to preach um, the Word of God better. So I want to honor her for, it takes someone to be very brave, to stand up against the culture. Yeah. And I honor you for being brave. Yeah. So let's stand up and give them. Come on, let's give them our best welcome. welcome. <laughs> Come on up, guys. I'm, I'm definitely not a lady. But I've learned better preaching from you too. Come on. <laughs> Good morning, Encounter Church. Morning. We're so happy to be here with you. And I wanted to let you know today that you have amazing pastors. Not only do they love Jesus, but they are really good at picking food at restaurants, which tells you something about your pastors. But when I walk into this room, I feel joy. You have all the young kids up here. The worship team is incredible. Way to go. 
worship team. When I drive in and there's like fun stuff happening, then y'all are singing worship in two different languages. But above all, the name of Jesus is being not only mentioned, but being sung about, worshiped about. Today's going to be preached about. So I want you to know that you've made a really good decision coming today and making this your church and letting Liz and Hunter be your pastors. Be settled in that. This is an amazing church, and you made a really good choice. So we're happy to be here with you. We've kind of seen before we, when y'all were eight years old, or when y'all were just being birthed, today you're eight, we saw a lot of your couples come up. They were just young little newlyweds, and now they have multiple children. So it's amazing to see y'all grow together with a team that has stuck with you. Y'all are phenomenal pastors, and we honor you for that today. Okay, bless God. You can be seated this morning. Well, it is an honor to be here with you today at Encounter Church, and I can't believe we're celebrating eight years. Eight years ago, Hunter was in my garage with me telling me about what he was coming here to do, and uh, I can't believe it's been eight years since then. And uh, it, what a joy to be able to walk alongside Hunter and Liz. And uh, we were talking yesterday, uh, about three years ago, the Lord moved on my heart to start meeting weekly with a group of pastors. And uh, your pastor was one of the first ones in that group. And we've been meeting pretty much every week. We miss every now and then, but pretty much every week for over three years now, we've been meeting. So that's about 150 times we've met since 2019 and all through COVID and getting this new building and everything uh, I get to be a part of the journey from wherever I am and uh, my wife and I are in between Dallas and Florida and every week I get to see your pastor on Zoom we have a group call and fellowship and spend time together and it is one of the highest joys of my life to get to do that and it's probably my favorite thing that I get to do every week, uh, Thursday mornings when we get together. And so what a, what a fun thing to be able to watch as Encounter Church just grows and matures and God continues to bless and bring people. And so whether you've been here the whole time or you just got here today, uh, this is an amazing church with amazing leaders and it's an honor for Amy and I to be connected. We're like extended family. So we're in town for a family reunion today is how I see it. And uh, we love coming here, and we always come. seems like in the fall, and the leaves are beautiful, and it's a great time to come to Georgia. So we're glad to be here this morning, and uh, it's an honor to be connected with Encounter Church in the way that we are. So praise God. How many of you are ready for the word today? All right, I, I asked him to get me a chair because I told him I think I'm only going to preach about two hours today. So uh, let's, no, I'm joking. Some of you are like, oh, Jesus, what kind of church did I come to? <laughs> uh, I want to I speak to you this morning from the Gospel of Mark. I've been doing extensive study of the Gospel of Mark for the last few months, and I'm telling you, it is blessing me. To no end. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Gospel of Mark was the first gospel written. It's the earliest gospel, 
and Matthew and Luke both took a lot from Mark. They added a lot of their own, obviously, to the, to the story of Jesus. But Mark was the first one, and many people believe that Peter was the one who actually dictated his story to Mark, and Mark wrote it down. But I just love the raw nature of the gospel of Mark. And Mark didn't play around. He kind of reminds me of myself. He, he, he didn't fool around with any formalities. He just got right in it and just got right to it. And uh, I like that about Mark. But I want to begin in uh, verse 1 today of Mark chapter 1. And I'm reading out of the ESV translation. And it says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to talk about Jesus, to glorify Jesus, to lift him up, to make his name known, to declare that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the pearl of great price. And Lord, today we just thank you that you have called each one of us to become the gospel. You called us to be ambassadors of the gospel. And Lord, I pray for those who may be here today who they have not embraced their destiny to become the gospel, that they would be called into this great gospel venture by the master. And Lord, I thank you for those who maybe have been hesitant to step into their God-given purpose, that you would encourage them to come deeper into the waters of what you have called them to do. And Lord, for those who have fully embraced what you've called them to do, they would be encouraged and strengthened and inspired today by the word of God. We thank you for it, Lord. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us today. Let it not just be words that come out of the mouth of a man, but let it be straight from the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, so I want to talk to you today on the subject, becoming the gospel, becoming the gospel, because I believe that each and every one of us is called to become the gospel, and maybe that's a little bit different than the way you've heard it. You thought, well, the gospel is something we preach, but you actually become the gospel, and Paul who was Saul, he became the gospel when he received the call from Jesus on the road to Macedonia. And each one of you has a call to become the gospel. Now, you may express that in a medical field. You may express that as a school teacher. You may express that in finance. But each and every one of you are called to become the gospel. And as I was just praying for today, I just got this phrase in my spirit. I've never thought of it. I've never heard of it. Becoming the gospel. And I felt like the Lord said, that's what I want you to talk about. So we start here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Jesus. Because Jesus is the center of the gospel. Jesus is what the gospel is all about. If you try to preach anything but Jesus, you're missing it. And to become the gospel, you become like Jesus. That's how you become the gospel is become like Jesus. So we're going to see three things about Jesus today that we model after and we can emulate in order to become the gospel. And the first one we find in verse 2, and we're going to read that there. It says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger 
before your face who will prepare the way. So if you're taking notes today, the first way you become the gospel is to become a messenger. Right after we hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see there is a messenger. And God has called you to be a messenger. And you know what? Here's the thing about becoming a messenger. The only qualification for becoming a messenger is that you be born again. That's it. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to have been in church 10 years. You don't have to have preached a message. You don't have to have done anything but received Jesus in your heart, and you are qualified to be a messenger. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, uh, you know, what happens when a baby starts crying? Everybody listens. Isn't that right? It, it gets everybody's attention. It cuts through. You know, if you hear people talking, you don't pay any attention. But when a baby lets out a wail, there's something about it that gets everybody's attention. And I was just thinking about people who have just been saved actually have an advantage in being a messenger. They just let out, they don't even know what to say. They just let out a wail, and everybody perks up and listens because a baby has cried out. And when you've just been saved, there is something about your message that makes you an extra qualified messenger. You can get people's attention because when you've just come out of sin and shame and bondage and you begin to tell what God has done, there's something about that that is exciting and it captures people's attention. So you're going to see today all three things about becoming the gospel don't require you to, to be, have some fancy degree or to be raised in a preacher's home or any of that stuff. You're going to see how easy it is to become the gospel. In fact, if you start getting too complicated, you many times miss becoming the gospel. I don't know how many times people have gone off to, to seminary, as some are called cemetery. And I'm not against seminary. I'm in seminary myself right now. But sometimes people get so educated that they talk themselves out of becoming the gospel. And they start talking so high that people can't even hear what they're saying. But a new believer can let out a wail and everybody can hear it and know that they have become a messenger. So the first thing about the gospel, when we're becoming the gospel, is that you have got to realize that you're called to be a messenger. In fact, I, I want you to do something right now. I, 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 the Lord uses me in the prophetic a lot, and a lot of times prophets get out their finger. I want you, anybody in here got a finger? Get, get your finger out, and I want you to point it at somebody next to you and prophesy and say, you are called to be a messenger. Come on. Find, then, then turn to somebody on the other side and, and tell them you are called to be a messenger. And it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know what? I, I don't have a job right now. Or you know what? I'm a grandparent. The enemy will give you all kind of reasons for you not to be a messenger. But until you embrace your destiny to be a messenger, you cannot become the gospel. Come on, I'm making myself happy today. Hallelujah.
This is where it begins, being a messenger. And all you have to do to be a messenger is be born again. That's it. Give your life to Jesus and start being a messenger. That's how it happens. You say, is it as simple as that? It's as simple as that. And you know what? Sometimes we, we've gotten it too complicated. We put too many restrictions on it. But you're at a church that believes in releasing people to be messengers of the gospel. And we've got to go out and, it, you know, if we sit around and wait on somebody to, to see a preacher on television or, or to run into a pastor, we're going to lose our nation. But if we're going out into the highways and the byways, as the Bible says, and compelling people to come into the house, compelling people to come to Jesus, compelling people to receive the gospel, we're going to begin to see revival in our nation. And you know what? We're, we got two more points today. But if you don't get the other two points, you need to get this point right here. You are a messenger of the gospel. And if you're a messenger, you have become the gospel. And your life is going to speak to people. You, you know, I was thinking while we were worshiping the Lord and we were singing all those different things about how if you came in down, you're going to go out up. If you came in sick, you're going to go out healed. And people were rejoicing, and people, they were, there was dancing. And, uh, and I thought, man, if I didn't know Jesus, and I came up in here and saw this group of people, I would want whatever they have. And I'm just glad I have what they have. I'm so thankful that, that Jesus saved me. And so... This causes us to be a messenger. And listen, I, I, I try to practice being a messenger uh, in, in all the ways that I can. And lately, I, there's a lady that cuts my hair. And she does good, doesn't she? She got me looking, she got me looking good. And, but I see her as an opportunity to be a messenger. And for me, I, I know my end immediately is when people say, what do you do? And if they don't ask me what I do, I ask them what they do, so they'll ask me what I do. So I, I get it every time. It never fails. So, you know, they ask me, so, so what do you do? I say, I'm a minister of the gospel. And I begin to talk to them, and they'll, they'll usually give me some version like, kind of like, you know, you're kind of different from most people that preach. You actually seem kind of excited. You know, wouldn't it be terrible to say, I'm a minister of the gospel. No, you have to have an excitement to be a messenger. So you are a messenger. All right, you ready for the next one? Okay. The second one we find in Mark chapter 1, verse 10, right in that same passage, and when he came up out of the water, this is Jesus, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. What is this? First to become the gospel, you have to be a messenger. And then after you've become a messenger, something happens. You move into becoming a minister. So Jesus' Jesus' story here, we see first messenger. But then we get this next word, and that is the word minister. He, he was baptized, and when he came up out of the water, the spirit came on him. That's the anointing we call he became a minister. Now, 
The first thing, being a messenger, all you got to do is be born again. To become a minister, all you got to do is get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's when the anointing comes on you. First John says, for you have an anointing from the Holy One. That means there is an anointing for each and every one of you. You say, what is the anointing? The anointing is the empowerment of the Spirit. That's what Jesus told the, the, the 120. He said, listen, don't go out and try to minister until you get the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, you, you just start you just start proclaiming the goodness of God, and you're a messenger. But then you get that glorious baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you begin to pray in other tongues, and you get an empowerment. Rivers of living water begin coming up out of your belly, and, and there is an anointing that's on your life, and now you're going out, and you're actually ministering to people. At first, you don't know anything about that. You just know what Jesus did for you, and you just start telling people about it everywhere. But now you understand that he came to set the captives free. You realize he came to set the oppressed free, to give liberty to people. Depression has to go. And now that anointing that's working in you causes you to, in boldness to let people know, hey, I can help you with that. Whatever it is that you're facing, there's an anointing on my life because the Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. It destroys, it breaks the bondage of the enemy. And now, because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God has anointed you to bring freedom to people. He's anointed you to minister to people who are hurting. He's anointed you to go out and to bring healing to the sick, to bring wisdom to those who need counsel. Whatever it is, God has anointed you when he filled you with his spirit. And, you know, religion will try to come in and say, well, for you to be anointed, you've got to go on a 40-day fast. Well, for you to be anointed, you've got to memorize the book of Ephesians. Well, for you to be anointed, you've got to go through this class, and you've got to been in church for 20 years, and then, then you learn how to be anointed. No, you don't learn how to be anointed. You get anointed when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And some of you, today, you're here, and you've been a messenger, but you're ready to become the gospel at a higher level by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And, and some people say, well, I don't know about all that speaking in tongues. You know, some people, some people are raised in a background like my wife was where they said that speaking in tongues was of the devil. And thank God the Lord brought my wife to a spirit-filled church and got her baptized in the Holy Spirit. But speaking in tongues is, is when God gives you a heavenly language to be able to communicate with heaven and to speak in a language that the devil can't understand. And so, Jesus modeled for us becoming the gospel. First a messenger, then a minister. He was anointed to go out and to heal the sick. Now, here, here's the thing about Jesus. I want to help you to understand something that is very misunderstood a lot of times in the church. 
everything Jesus did, he did by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many miracles happened before Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit? Anybody want to take a guess? Zero. You know, we get this Hollywood idea of Jesus that he was a blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus picking up little birds out of, that have fallen out of the tree before. No, no. First of all, Jesus was a Jewish man. He looked nothing like me, okay? Thank God I've been grafted in. They let us Gentiles in. But thank God for the blonde-haired, blue-eyed actors, but that's not what Jesus looked like. I think he looked a lot like the chosen Jesus. How many of you have seen the chosen? And, I, you know, I heard they're releasing season three, episode one and two in the theater in three weeks. So you need to go see that. We need to support that. We need to, if Jesus is in the theater, we need to go. Okay. So that was just a little promo there. For my wife and I, we're going to be there. We're going to go see episode one and two. No, but, but Jesus did zero miracles before he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so everything Jesus did, he did by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Until the Holy Spirit came down on him, he did not do a single miracle. And some people say, well, we just didn't hear about it. No, no. Jesus was a man just like you and I, and he had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit in order to do anything supernatural. Now, you say, yeah, but he was the son of God. Yes, he was the son of God, but he limited himself as man to the anointing. That's why he could say, these works and greater shall you do. Why? Because he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you can be a man or a woman anointed by the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure to say that, that women are anointed by the Holy Spirit too. There's no discrimination. The Bible says, Paul said, there's neither male nor female in Christ. And so God anoints surrendered people with the anointing of the Holy Spirit when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that anointing comes on them, and it can come out at any time. It, I mean, at the grocery store, it can come out. In the gym, it can come out. At the day, at the, uh, 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 at the uh, what do they call it, the, uh, the day school for the kids, daycare. I couldn't think of it. It's day school. All schools during the day, yeah. At the daycare, the anointing can come out. That anointing can come out. It can come out in your home. It, it, you just never know when that anointing is going to come on you and come out. I've had the anointing come on me in the strangest places. I felt the anointing. In, in many, uh, last week I was meeting with a new youth pastor, and you know how I love that. And uh, uh, at a church that, that I'm acquainted with in Dallas. They just got a new youth pastor. And uh, I was having lunch with him. And we were just talking. And I began to talk to him about youth ministry. And, oh, man, that anointing began to come on me. I could just, I could just feel it. It makes me want to go back into youth ministry. You know how that is. And uh, I just love young people. But, but I was, as I just began to talk to him about the burden for this generation and how God wants to change their hearts and rescue them out of the quagmire of the culture and, and all the things, the confusion that the enemy is putting in their minds through media. And I began to talk about it, and boy, I could feel that anointing, RJ. It, it just, 
It, it was just right here. It was like a, a river inside of it. What is that? That's the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that rested on Jesus and empowered him to do all that he did. It's inside of me. It's living in me, and it can come out at any time, and I can become the gospel because I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you know you're anointed? Come on, wave at me if you know you're anointed. Encounter Church, you're anointed. You've got anointed leaders. You're at an anointed church. And maybe if you hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to hunger and thirst for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come and live inside of you, and it's going to give you power to be a minister. Not a degree from seminary. A baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right. Y'all ready for the third one? All right. Verse number 17. Same chapter. Mark chapter 1, verse 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. I'm going to read it again. And Jesus said, who are we talking about today? Jesus. Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. Okay, so you started out as a messenger, and then you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You got saved, and you became a messenger. Then you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you became anointed to minister. At your school, you were anointed to minister. On the playground, you were anointed to minister. Online, you are anointed to minister. Come on, you say people can be anointed to minister online? Absolutely. You can represent Jesus by, by all sorts of ways. But then we come to what I call the climax of becoming the gospel. And that is this third word. And it, surprise, surprise, it starts with an M. It's the word mentor. Mentor. So you're a messenger. You're a minister. But the highest part of your calling is as a mentor. A mentor. Now, you might say, well, I I can't mentor anybody. I need mentoring myself. Well, of course you need mentoring. We all need mentoring. I've got four people who are mentoring me right now. I I need more mentoring right now than I've ever needed. If you're waiting until you don't need mentoring to become a mentor, you'll never be a mentor. I'm going to say that again because some of you are like, huh, you were daydreaming and you didn't catch that. If you're waiting till you don't need mentoring to become a mentor, you'll never be a mentor. You will always need mentoring. I will always need mentoring. That's, that's part of the beauty is I've got people who are pouring into my life, and I'm meeting with them, and they're pouring in, they're investing, they're challenging me, they're correcting me, they're, they're doing what mentors does. And then I turn around, and I have men of God, like your pastor, that I'm pouring into. And then he turns around, and he's pouring into RJ. And RJ's pouring into the worship. And and that's how the kingdom of God works. And everybody has someone that God has placed around them that they can be a mentor to. And mentoring is not just something that Jesus did with the 12 disciples. It's something that you and I are called to to become the gospel. And this is something the church has really missed out on right here. Now, I told you all three of these are easy. Well, how do I become a mentor? It's easy. Anyone who's being mentored 
is qualified to be a mentor. Say, how do I know if I'm qualified? Are you being mentored? Well, no, I'm not. Well, you're not qualified. Well, what do I need to do? Get a mentor. Get somebody that's discipling you. Get somebody that's pouring into you. One of the beautiful things about this church is that there's a lot of people here who can help you and pour into you. There's, there's men of God. I'm, I'm looking at these men and women of God up here. Last night, we had a gathering of some of the, the elders and leaders here, and my wife and I were just spending time with them. And there are so many wonderful men and women of God here who, who not only will but want to pour into your life. And so the prerequisite for being a mentor is being mentored. But a lot of people don't want to humble themselves and say, I need a mentor. But if you don't ever say, I need a mentor, you can't ever be a mentor. Because the qualification to mentor people is that you're being mentored. Because if not, we don't know what you're mentoring people in. You might be mentoring people in how to be like you, and you might be a hot mess. No. We're not called to make carbon copies of ourselves. We're called to lead people to being like Jesus. And there are men and there are women. If you're a man, you need a man that can pour into you. If you're a woman, you need a woman of God who can pour into you. Men don't mentor women and women don't mentor men. That don't work. Men, you need a mentor. Women, you need a women tour. <laughs> that's, that's how this thing works. And, and I want you to see it's so simple we can run right past it. So many times we're looking for the deep and we're looking for the new and we're looking for the latest and the greatest. No, no, no. Let's get back to the simplicity of the gospel. And here we see we're called to be a messenger. That's how we first become the gospel. We're called to be a minister. That's how we go deeper in the calling to become the gospel. And then mentor. That's the climax of becoming the gospel. And listen, it never gets, you never go past that. There's never going to be a day where I say, you know what, now I'm done with that mentor and stuff. Now I can really move into what God's called me to do. No, I'm there. That's what he's called me to do. If it, was, if it was the fullness of what Jesus was called to do, it's the fullness of what I'm called to do. It's the fullness of what you're called to do. And when we try to get beyond that, we miss the ministry of Jesus and becoming the gospel because it's that simple. Jesus chose 12 men that he poured his life into, and when he ascended to heaven, they took that message, and you and I are here today because of those 12. The crowd that he fed with the five, feeding of the 5,000 and all the miracles he did, they're not the reason you and I are here. The 12 that he mentored are the reason why we're here. And they gave their life for the gospel. They were the witnesses of his resurrection. And they mentored people just like we're doing today. And one generation hands to the next. And that generation hands to the next. And there's a chain going all the way back to Jesus. The climax of becoming the gospel is to become a mentor. And I don't care if you're 17. I don't care if you're 70. You're called to mentor people. And some say, well, I'm not old enough to be a mentor. That's a lie of the devil. If you're 17, there's a 14-year-old that needs you to mentor them. If you're 70, there's a lot of people that need you to mentor them. 
you, you're in range for everybody. And God, you know, I, I, the other day, I was, I was looking at, at the people that God has me mentoring right now. And I've got them from 70 to 21. I've got, I've got guys who are 70 that I'm responsible to lead who are powerful leaders, but they're under the movement that I lead. And so I'm coaching them and mentoring them. All the way down, I've got tw- a 21-year-old in my men's formation group on Saturdays that I'm pouring into. So there's a 50-year range in age of people that I am mentoring. It's, it's multiple generations. And, and yet, God's called me to mentor. And I've been doing this since I was about 23. I began to really pour into people. I began to get this revelation. And, and I've been doing I'm 43 now. And I've been doing this for 20 years. And I'm telling you, the greatest fulfillment in your life is going to come when you accept the call to become the gospel of mentor. And, and the earlier you start, the better. I see a lot of these, these beautiful young ladies up here and some of these young men here. God's called you to mentor. There is junior high kids. There's high school kids. They need your voice. And they need you to help. They're confused by the enemy, they're, they're in the chaos of the world, and your voice of speaking Jesus to them is going to be so important. So that's, that's the message today, becoming the gospel. First, it starts as a messenger. All you got to do is get saved, and you're ready to be a messenger. You're in range. As soon as you meet Jesus, you're ready to be an advocate for Jesus. And then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which you can do the same day, the same hour, the same minute. You get saved, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're qualified as a minister. How many of you know you're qualified as a minister today? Come on, wave at me a little bit. There we go. But then that final climax of what God's called you to do in becoming the gospel is to be a mentor. And that's where you begin to pour into other people. This is where you, it starts with one, two, and three. But God wants to give you 10 or 12 people that you're just pouring into. And and it's your heart and your greatest desire and fulfillment to serve them by speaking the things of God into their life. That's the greatest joy in my life. I get to do that, I mentioned earlier, every Thursday morning with your pastor and three other pastors, we get together and we share the things of God. We hear what's happening. I get to get reports of what the Lord is doing here at Encounter, and we encourage one another. And it, it is the most wonderful thing. It's such a blessing. And it's not one of those things where we do it out of duty. We do it out of delight. Because God put such a love in your heart for those people. Paul said, I read yesterday in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, I'm writing this to my dear son Timothy. Timothy was not his son, but in the spirit he loved him like a son. And because of that love, he mentored Timothy, and Timothy ended up becoming a powerful man of God because of Paul's mentoring. There are places in God that some people will never reach without your mentoring. 
And God's called you to release that inside of them. Part of what the Lord's called me to do is to help Hunter and Liz reach the fullness of their calling. If they don't reach the fullness of their potential, then I've not really done my job. Now, they have to be willing to do it, obviously. You can't force people to become who God's called them to do. But so many times, people are hungry to be who God's called them to be. They just don't have anybody to mentor them and help them get there. And I, and I want to tell you something. Maybe you say, well, I don't, I, I, I've not been able to find somebody who'd be willing to mentor me. Let me just tell you, you're at the right place. There's multiple men and women of God here who will take you under their wing and pour into you and help release the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the assignment of God over your life, out of your life as they mentor you. But here's the thing. You can't just suck up all that mentoring yourself. You can't be like a pancake with syrup and just sop it all up. You got to turn around and give it back. That's how the river flows. You don't want to be the dam in the river that just stops the river. You, you got to be part of the river and you got to take what's been given to you and turn around and give it away. This is becoming the gospel. Messenger, minister, mentor. And I don't know where you're at on that journey today, but don't let the enemy tell you you're not qualified. Don't let him tell you that you're disqualified. It's easier than he would like anyone to know. The question is, will you do it? Will you step into it? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to use you? I want you to bow your heads with me today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I believe there may be some people in here today, and maybe I'm talking about being a messenger, and you're like, I, I'm not even qualified to be in a messenger. I haven't even received Jesus into my heart. Well, we can remedy that right now. We're going to give opportunity. I'm going to ask if some of the worship team would come. I'm going to give opportunity for people to receive the Lord this morning. And I don't ever know when I minister if there's people there who don't know Jesus or if there's not. Everybody here today may already be saved. And if so, then you, you ought to already be a messenger. But there may be a young person. There may be someone, a first-time visitor today, regardless of age. Maybe somebody who was raised in church, but you, for some reason or another, you, you never really accepted the Lord in your life. Or maybe you were hurt by the church, and so you equated church and Jesus together, and you disregarded Jesus because you, you thought that Jesus was the church, and somebody in the church hurt you, and so you thought Jesus hurt you. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. He gave his life for you. And, and I want them to turn the lights back up because I need to be able to see in here because in just a moment, I'm going to ask people to respond if that's you that I'm talking to. You know who you are. Maybe your heart's racing there in your seat. You know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. You might not even know who the Holy Spirit is, but you know something's happening inside of you. Or maybe today you came back to encounter church because you know you need to get right. You know that you're not right with God. Maybe you've gone back into the world and find yourself in a life of sin and you want to come and repent today and receive the righteousness of God in your life. 
The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The enemy will always say tomorrow is the day of salvation. But the Spirit of God says today is the day of salvation. And you may say, well, I, you know, I got to go get my life cleaned up and then I'll be ready. No, that's a lie of the enemy. You can't get your life cleaned up. Only by the blood of Jesus can you get cleaned up. So I'm going to ask if you're here, you say, Pastor Joel, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to become a messenger. I want to become the gospel. But first, I have to receive the gospel. If that's you, you're here today. You say, I want to receive the gospel today. I'm going to ask you to do something right there. As Christians are just praying, I want you to just lift up your hand and, and wave it at me and say, that's me. I need to receive the gospel today. I'm going to look around from my right to my left. If that's you, you say, I need to receive the gospel today in my life. I need to put my faith in Jesus. I need to repent of my sin. If I see wherever you are, you just wave your hand at me. As Christians are just praying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I don't see any hands today. That's good. I guess everybody here knows the Lord. Now, I want to move into a ministry time. Because we talked about being a messenger. We talked about being a minister. But we ended with talking about being a mentor. And there is a call today, like when Jesus called Peter and Andrew and James and John. We didn't have time to go all into it, but that's what happened here in Mark chapter 1. He called them and said, come and follow me, and I'll make you into fishers of men. And the Lord is calling some of you who know the Lord. You are a believer, but you have not answered the call to be a disciple and make disciples. And today, you want to make a commitment to doing that. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, and you say, I feel the call of God today to be a disciple and to make disciples. And I need to commit myself to it, whether you once had done that, but you've gotten away from it, or you've never stepped into that. And today, you know by the Holy Spirit, I need to step into that. I want you right there in your seat. I want you to do something. I want you to just stand to your feet. You say, that's me. The Holy Spirit's dealing with me. I want to be a disciple, and I want to make disciples. I want you to just stand on your feet. There are many of you here today. Just stand up on your feet. Say, that's me. I want to I wanna be a disciple. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart today. I believe there's more. You say, I, I don't know what it all means. I'm not sure what that looks like. But I know in my heart I need to answer the call to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker, to be a mentor, to pour into others. It's not about you. It's about others. That's how we love the Lord our God with all our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.